Welcome to the breakdown. <laughs> I don't know what to do for the intro, but it is the breakdown, and this is episode what? This is episode numero five, where we talk about tumbling, um, but not tumbling as a whole, just tumbling on the score sheet. We had a friend uh, kind of suggest us break down what the judges or what the industry asks for so that the parents and you know some less experienced coaches can understand, because we get a lot of questions about it. All the time, especially from other coaches. Who asked? Uh, just a friend. Perfect. I my friends don't talk. They're all my action well, figures realistically, on my desk. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't say breakdown tumbling. He said it would be cool, like, to help bridge the gap between when coaches have to explain why they score certain things to the parents. No, for sure, for sure. I uh, I think that would also help with the future of their classes and everything else when it involves tumbling. Because I think people have, for lack of better choice words, uh, delusional concepts sometimes where an athlete should be or what they should be working on. So let's let's help people understand. That sounds awfully targeted. Towards who? <laughs> I don't know. You're the one that said it. Um, let me rephrase so nobody feels targeted. <laughs> if you're taking that comment personally... Then evaluate whether that comment is towards you. But nobody should take it personally. I think I think there's a lot of parents out there. There's a lot of even coaches out there that teach certain things and expect certain things from athletes without having the whole picture in mind. I don't want an athlete that's going to be a great level one athlete but a horrible level six athlete. I want to train an athlete in level one to be a great athlete in level six someday. And if we just focus on, you know, get this, get this, get this without paying attention to everything that goes into one, a score sheet, and two, the future of that athlete's well-being and career, athletic career, we're setting them up for failure. So somebody, whether it be the athlete or the routines yeah, with the coaches, we're setting something up for failure. I like to think of it as I don't know what those are or those grant or graphs are, but like the two circles that intersect and there's like the things that it helps both or it's like a comparison of two things and the circles intersect and then you put the stuff that it helps for both sides in the middle. Yeah. And for I guess for tumbling, someone explained this to me a long time ago and it just makes a lot of sense. For tumbling with an athlete, there's right. three main things that you got to work on if they're going to be a cheerleader. Stuff. You're going to have to work on confidence it's and important. comfortability. Like, obviously, the kid feeling good, you know? Yeah. That's in the athlete bucket. Then you put the routine bucket as the other circle, yep. and you're going to need drivers. Yep. And then you put skill development as the thing in the middle that helps both. Skill development, or progression of new skills, working on new skills. Even if they aren't going to be using those in their routine, it helps keep the in athlete interested in what they're doing and feeling like they're progressing. You better be careful. Somebody's going to make a poster out of that. Oh, maybe they should. Mm. Mm. It'll be up for sale on a website. Are you going to do that right <laughs> after we get off this? <laughs> yes, I am. No, but does I, that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. Because, I mean, if an athlete's just working tech, 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 tech over and over and over again it gets boring gets monotonous so you got to have some fun and if you're just pushing new skills you're leaving behind the things that are going to be important so you got to find the middle ground you know i mean the other day what do we do we worked on landings and control mm -hmm. you know so i think that's very important and i think a lot of times we forget that and i don't think that Anybody does it purposely. I think sometimes in a in a major way we just get caught up in the moment. We we have to have straight legs. We have to have good form. We have to have that. But then you forget, like, hey, this kid needs to try something new. This kid needs to step out of their box like box and boundaries and figure out how to how to step to the next next level. But Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of kids that train above the level they compete at, but it's because you know, we want them to be better. We, yeah. You might have, they might be on a level two team, but they might be in a level three or a level four class, and maybe they're just not a level three cheerleader yet. They might be a level 
three tumbler, but they're just not a level three cheerleader. For competitive cheerleading, you need to satisfy all parts of the score sheet or yeah. put together a team of people that can satisfy. It doesn't mean that everybody needs to tumble. It doesn't need, mean that everybody needs to stunt, but you got to find the combination to create the best team that's going to be best for your vision, for your gym that, that year. Right. And you also got to understand, I think everybody needs to understand it's just it's not just a physical attribute. There's got to be a mental capacity to it. So if a child is, you know, in a level three class, they might not have the focus or the the capability of just, you know, understanding everything that's happening within a level three routine. So they might be a level two athlete, and that's okay. There's I nothing mean, wrong with that. Traditionally, yep. the more successful programs that we've seen their athletes are tumbling at a higher level or abil their ability to stunt is at a higher level than the teams that they compete on because two and a half minutes might not seem like a long time, but it is when your heart rate's above 180 for two minutes and 30 seconds. Right. And you have to breathe and you have to focus and you have to be in the next section <laughs> or you have to hold someone up or you have to stand on somebody. Like all of those things get factored in, but we can go down a long rabbit hole with that. I mean that my whole thing is, why not? I'm going to go down the rabbit hole really quickly. It'll be a that'll, fast... That'll never happen. Robert. Super fast rabbit hole. Here we go. Bum bump And we're off. My whole philosophy is I get a lot of kids that say they have a skill. And that is awesome. You may be able to do a skill. It does not mean that you have it. It does not mean that you have full control and capability of performing it at all times. Two stars. Two star skills. Yeah. One star working, two star completed, three, three star mastered. Ready to go. Mm -hmm. Ready to go with no questions asked. You're tired. You can do it. And that's the rabbit hole. And I think a lot of people confuse two stars for the readiness to go to the next thing, the next level. And I, one thing I found in this industry, and it's a little bit baffling to me, when people say cheer tumbling and gymnastics are different, and we're not going to open up this rabbit hole greatly, but it's not different. The skills are the same. Technique is the same. The difference is, is how fast that sometimes in cheerleading skills get pushed. While in gymnastics, they're focused a lot on strength development, and they're focused a lot on body control and mechanics and understanding. Cheerleading does not provide that kind of time. But... If you notice the athletes that are at the top of their skill level in their game, those athletes are often super strong and athletes that have had a long time put in to their skills mechanically. And I think that's what's what we need to get to within this sport. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and we're only training them for tumbling um, when it comes to anything related to, to gymnastics. Fact. They're training athletes to work on several different apparatuses so um but back on topic uh i hate it when you like ramble and get us off topic it's not fun me but, yes like you gotta work on that okay okay, okay. <laughs> i'll look up some youtube videos i will take your criticism you. and i will do better <laughs> my apologies king roman all right so um we'll start off with the basic understanding of what is required for tumbling uh, on our master score sheet. We're going off of the United Scoring System in 2023 yep. uh, for the 2022 and the 2023 season. Um, this is for uh, elite teams that are not worlds, but a lot of the crossover uh, does happen from um, our elite teams, levels one through five, and worlds teams. Uh, a lot of the verbiage is almost the same. Some of the percentages change just a little bit, but... For the most part, they're the same. They're, they're scored the same. So um, for the master score sheet, we're only talking about tumbling. Tumbling is a category that is worth a total of 20 points. Um, the reason that it is 20 points is because jumps is factored into this category. Uh, you have standing tumbling, which is worth a total of 8 points. Running tumbling, which is worth a total of 8 points. And jumps, which is worth a total of 4 points. Add those together, you get the 20, which is what the tumbling judge is in charge of, or tumbling judges, depending on uh, the event that you have. Most events have two tumbling judges up there. Uh, a lot of times those people are, you have one scripting, which is counting the number of skills and making sure that they're in the right categories, which we'll go over in a second. But really they are level appropriate categories, advanced level appropriate categories, and elite level appropriate categories. We'll go over how you score those 
um, differently uh, later on in this conversation. But the tumbling judges are in charge of those three categories. Again, standing, running, and jumps. Um, and then they break down the number of skills that are in the routine and then the technique. Um, so that you get, or so that we can break that down just a little bit more. The eight points for standing, tumbling, and running, tumbling are separated exactly the same. The difficulty score uh, is out of three. The execution score is out of four. And the drivers are worth one point. Uh, the drivers are the things that we break down. Um, it's a lot of numbers. <laughs> the drivers are the things that break down uh, the different sections that you need to have to score effectively in a routine. So realistically, difficulty, you can get a score of three if you hit the base difficulty, and then you can get difficulty drivers, which is degree of difficulty and max participation, which is worth another point. So the combination of skills that happen on the floor and the way that you put them together can get you a total of four points. Then your execution gets you another four points, and that's where the eight points happens. That happens for both standing and running. They are identical. Uh, when you get into jumps, again, this entire category is out of four points. Diffi difficulty score is out of two. Execution, out of two. Easy, simple math. Um, I'm sorry. Carry the seven, four to the... How many times have you had to go over that? Jeez. Uh, I go over it quite a bit um, when should, explaining things to coaches. You should just pre-record it and hit play. <laughs> Um, but to break that down so that parents understand, uh, running tumbling is worth eight points. Standing tumbling is worth eight points. Split that in halves, and you get the type of skill. The other half is the way it's done uh, as far as the execution. Um, we won't go over jumps too much, but we'll talk about what you need, to, what jumps you need to satisfy your max score. You have um, to leave the ground. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so just evil. to keep it simple, tumbling will be our main focus for today. Um, and then as far as when we break tumbling down, like I mentioned earlier, we have level appropriate skills, advanced level appropriate skills, and elite level appropriate skills. Those are broken down so that you know what skills you have to do to make it into your difficulty categories. And then the harder skills you do, the more points you can get for them using the drivers. Um, do you like that system? Parts of it. Parts of it? Yeah. How would, I mean, how would I, you separate it? I think, that, like I said, there has to be a wider range in difficulty. I still feel like people need to need to be able to out-difficult each other. It can't be... But like we had talked about, breaking down the drivers. So like everyone can get their base score. Right. But then making They're, it so that people can get more tents here yeah. and there. Yeah. For the people that want to do more or can do more. Of course. Just, you got to reward... You got to reward the work because, I mean, realistically, at this point, and not to get off topic again, people can literally just work the bare minimum that gets them into that max difficulty range, and that's it. So you're not, it doesn't reward people pushing themselves or working towards things. Now, granted, hopefully this prevents injuries because there are gyms that would probably push kids past a point where those kids are. I'm not saying anybody in particular. I'm simply just saying it so people don't take it the wrong way. But it happens in every sport. Kids get pushed to to meet a requirement. So, I mean, there's drawbacks and there's positives. So, to myself, I would like to still reward people for their hard work. But at the same time, you know, you understand it, but do I like it? Yes and no. Okay. I don't want to be like, no, I hate it. No, I agree with you completely. I think we should be able to reward more difficulty, but I also think that we should be able to break down execution a little bit more. Reward difficulty, but if they're throwing more difficult skills and they don't look as good, no, of course. Then you got to take off execution. Well, yeah, it's got to be, a, I mean, you're Mr. Shapes over here. That's all you preach. Yeah, because the thing is. And you want to see more harder skills and or more difficult skills and routines? I, I want to be able to reward people for their work. That that's Do I want to see more difficult skills? No, but I do want teams to separate themselves by more than just a, such a small margin. Like, all I can say is looking at scores from 
some of the comps that we've been to and looking at scores from NCA and other competitions, I don't like seeing four or five teams all within three tenths of each other, because realistically we know that's not accurate. Like we know that that is not accurate, but guess what it does? It creates excitement and people we're so close, but then you go to a competition and you, you go, you know, if they go into an, an international division and they have to compete on a whole different set of rules and comparative and all of these things, all of a sudden you realize you're not that close. And it's, it's creating a false sensehood of, we have a chance. And I, it's kind of like, oh, you, you almost hit the lottery number, but you missed the last one. That's what it's creating. And I don't like that part. Well, for Worlds team specifically, I'm sure, <clears throat> unless you have blinders on, I'm sure there's teams that know that they'll compete with the top teams during the year on the United score sheet, but will probably get beat pretty heavily when the ranges are bigger at Worlds. I, I, I know a handful of coaches that know that. Like, they're like, yeah, we can keep up with them on the United score sheet because it doesn't require as much, but then you go to the World score sheet and the ranges. I mean, the range is 6 to 10. But here's my question. Do those coaches make that clear to their kids? Probably not because... That's up to them. No, of course, but at the same time, if if I'm going in saying, hey, this is our expectation, this is where we're at, let's get there, it's a lot different than going in with the delusion of, no, we have, we're going to win, we're going to do this. When if you're behind by 6 to 10 to 15 points at Worlds, you're not going to win. So... Maybe it's just the way that I'm looking at it. Maybe I got to reevaluate it. But at the same time, oh, you're right. I, I want to be honest with athletes. Like, but that's up to the coaches being honest with their parents and their kids and being upfront with them from the beginning. That's not a decision that you make. This is a decision no, that they make. I'm that shouldn't bother you. It, it doesn't bother me. I've just had to live that before. And it go, also comes down to education. That's There's a, a lot big of coaches part. that are not educated. Or at least they don't know the things that they know about the United score sheet. About the when world it comes to the world score sheet. No, of course. And the world score sheet changes. Like even the tosses this year for going into worlds this year, like that is a range now. You don't get a fixed score. That's good. That's great. Yeah. I as someone who's gone to worlds with people that we have a chance to do this, we have a chance to and you're sitting back and you're like, we do not. But we do have a chance to hit. We do have a chance to put out our best performance. We do have a chance to do this. And however, I have said it in the past, and I'm going to stick by it. Everybody does have a chance at some point, but there's a lot of factors that go into it. So, you know, teams have to mess up. Scores have to be. There's things that have to. You can't just go in with the difficulty not to match and think you're going to you're going to keep up with everybody up there. Just sure. That's what is going on here. I don't know. But yeah, I do think <laughs> I, I like, I like that our industry has hit teams that like don't do as much difficulty and they can yeah. be rewarded for really focusing just on their technique inside of their box of what they can do. And yep. then I like that our industry has teams that push the limits, you know, for and sure. Both should be rewarded for what they're good at. But if there is a team that pushes their limits and they're good at what they do, they should be rewarded as well. Like, Definitely. I mean, I can't disagree with that at all. And and I don't want people to think out there like, hey, this is, you know, a knock towards anybody or any gym or any teams. It's it's no one is Roman. Just no, I'm simply saying it <laughs> in the in the way that I think we have to be honest and real with things. I'm never gonna walk into a and give me an example. I'll give you an example outside of this sport. Okay. Okay. I'm never going to walk into the NFL combine thinking I have a chance to make an NFL team. People are going to be honest and tell me I'm crazy and I'm probably going to get, you know, molly and thrown across a field if I try, you know? So I, I do think we have to be realistic, but with that realism also will come the fact that kids will start understanding the work that they actually have to put in. That way they're not out there thinking, no, we're good where we are because... Teams. I, te I wouldn't say kids. 
teams. It's not sure. gymnastics. Okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. It should be. No, I'm just kidding. But you're gonna get hate for that. <laughs> Listen, I love cheerleading. Cheerleading it's, should not be gymnastics. It no, it should not because then it'd be boring and everybody would be wearing. The I same. enjoy gymnastics. Oh my god, you better stop doing that. You're, you just said it would be boring. It, I enjoy if, gymnastics if every, for what it is, but I also enjoy yes. cheerleading for it being in a team environment and it being performance based. Yeah, because everything is different. Yes. So that's that's great. I love gymnastics except for tumbling. Needs needs work. No, you just said cheer <laughs> and gymnastics tumbling is the same. Is the same. I I do agree with that. I don't. They're think, tumblers. Yes. They're tumbling. Yeah, they're flipping. They're not doing gymnastics. They're a little flippers. They're not doing flips. cheerleading. They're flippers. They're tumbling. They're little flippers. They're not called cheerleading classes. No, they're called tumbling classes. Yes. And but they do have crossover. Yeah. Because tumbling is a part. It is a activity that is a part of each sport. Yes, kind of like the circle bubbles. Yeah, look at that. You're in the middle. <laughs> no, but all I'm saying is that at the end of the day, if we're honest and real about what's expected and what's going to grow, we're going to be able to produce better teams and better athletes as a result of it. That's all. Yep. Moving on, so I don't sound evil and get hate for gymnastics and cheerleading. I don't think you will. I think you're talking, <laughs> you're talking truth, and I like that, but... uh I have a problem. To the people that. that came on to understand a little bit more about scoring, we will get back into that now. Right now. Because Roman went on a 10 minute tangent. Jimbo had a whiteboard and he didn't write on it. So I can't follow. Oh my gosh. All right. So Squirrel. now to go over the um, scoring system and what it requires mm -hmm. for the different categories that we talked about. So we're just going to talk about running, tumbling difficulty. So. We'll do that, then we'll do standing. Um, earlier we had said there's eight points available. Three of them can go into difficulty. Four of it goes into execution. One goes into drivers. So you guys know, drivers are a part of difficulty, but they're added after the first difficulty is met, like your base difficulty. So we had talked about level appropriate, advanced level appropriate, and elite level appropriate. And to make that easy, think of level appropriate being your easiest skills in that level, advanced being your advanced skills in that level, mm -hmm. and your elite being your elite skills in that level. So let's break it down in categories. Easy, a little bit more difficult, and most difficult. One star, two star, three star. Yes. <laughs> let's go. So if we were to go into running tumbling... Um, it's broken down into four different scores that you can get out of that three points. You can get a 1.5, and in order to do that, it is your skills do not meet the 2.0 requirement. I don't understand this because that just means you get a 1.5 already for showing up. Now, if you tumble. Not how it should work. <laughs> Either way, it's how it's, it's how it's built out. Okay, we'll, we'll Next, go with it. 2.0, you can get two points in your difficulty category if the majority of the team performs a level-appropriate pass. Now, in order to see the grids for what majority, most, and max is, you just have to count the number of kids on a team, and then you have to look at the grid and say, okay, this is how many kids are on my team, this is my majority number, this is my most number, and this is my max number. So, that being said, if you are on a team... We'll, let's just talk a base team. So we'll say 20 kids on a team. Mm -hmm. Your majority number would be 10. Your most number would be 13. And your max number would be 16. Is this all inside your head? You can remember all this. No, I'm reading it. Okay, perfect. I thought you were a wizard. Go on. Um, so that being said, to get 2.0, majority of the team performs a level-appropriate pass. That's like your one-star skills, your easiest, your easiest skills in that level. Yep. That gets you a 2.0. To get a 2.5, most of the team performs a level-appropriate pass, which is your one-star skills. Yep. It's just more people doing it. And then to get a 3.0, which is the most you can get in difficulty as your base difficulty, most of the team has to perform an advanced and or elite level appropriate pass. So those are your two and your three star skills. And so they only make one category, which is your base difficulty, 
your hardest uh, skills that you throw, you still only get the max score there. Mm. And you can do advanced or elite. So then if you want to get that extra point, because remember this is out of three and this whole difficulty category is out of four. This is where it gets a little confusing for a lot of people. The full point is broken down into tenths. Mm -hmm. The degree of difficulty drivers, you can only get up to six tenths, and the max participation drivers, so the number of people doing things in a section, you can get up to four tenths. Now, to break this down would make no sense to most people, but I'm going to say this. If you do majority, so one star, star skill, right? By or majority of your kids do a level appropriate skill, they get a point one. Point one. If the majority of your kids do an advanced or elite level appropriate skill, they get a point two. Mm. Okay, so you can get a one point one or a point two. Right. That's your first part. Your second part. These would have to be different than the skills that we just said. So you did a handful of your level appropriate by majority. The next category that you have to, uh, in order to score on, they, you have to do a different style of skill. So say you're in... Um, Let's go level one. Level one. Make it easy. Okay. So in level one, if you wanted to do a level appropriate skill... And, it, and we're talking about running tumbling, a level appropriate would either be a cartwheel or a cartwheel backward roll combination skill. Ooh. So that would be a level appropriate. If you wanted to do an advanced or an elite level appropriate, I'm not going to go down the list of what's in there, but you could do a round off as advanced, a front walkover or front walkover series as advanced, or if you wanted to go elite, you could do a cartwheel back walkover series or you could do like a front walkover cartwheel or a front walkover round off or something like that that's listed on the grids. And parents, you guys can find all of these grids and all this information on the United Scoring <laughs> Partners uh, website. I'm not going to read it all to you. But <laughs> there's a lot of words. Um, You're going to have parents coming in and cheer, gyms. <laughs> Look what I read. <laughs> we don't do this. No, 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 no. But you know what? If they do that, Good for them. They yeah, understand right. what their kids are doing. I'm, I'm impressed. So now, say they wanted to do a round off as their advanced level appropriate skill, and they did that for the first part by the majority. Right. That's an advanced. If majority did it, they would get a point two. Mm -hmm. Next, you'd have to go to the most category. So your number of kids, that is your most number. So we said 20 earlier. That would be, I believe, 16 would be most. Or no, that's your max. Most would be 13. 13. So that being said, to get a point three, you have to go advanced. To get a point four, you got to go elite. Right. So you have to pick a harder skill and more kids have to do it. This is where you can separate. This is where you can separate from other teams. Yeah. It's still pretty easy to achieve if you set your team up for success, but you can get your tents. The most you can get for degree of difficulty, which is what we just talked about, right, is 0.6. And that comes from a combination of what we said with the 0.1 and 0.2 or the 0.3 and 0.4. Did you, Did you just, hear my voice? Did you just 0.1 and 0.2? <laughs> my allergies Was this that time of year have been crazy. Mark? My voice has been cracking all day. Kids were laughing at me at the gym. It sounded like a question mark. I was like, okay, Ron Burgundy. Parents, if you look at this grid or other coaches, if you look at the grid, the easiest way to understand it is you can get one of the top two boxes and one of the bottom two boxes. There's boxes. Yes. Let's go. Next, max participation. This means that your max number, so we had 20 kids on our team, on our example team. Right. They would have to have 16 kids in the same section, which means you can use the same kids. But, but they ha you cannot start a different section of the routine they, at all. There we go. Say you go to lift a kid up and do a stunt. If the, your kids have not started the initiation of their skill yet, mm -hmm. that is now a different section. So you got to be real careful. That's where choreographers need to get their jobs right. 
In this category, you can get a 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, or 0 0.4. Like we had said, there's only four tenths left to get. And that breaks down 0.1 as level appropriate, skill by most. 0.2 is level appropriate, skill by max. Right. 0.3 is advanced or elite by most. Yep. 0.4 is advanced or elite by max. So they incorporate the, the style of skill, which is good, and the number of kids doing it. Mm -hmm. Parents, I'm probably losing you because I'm... Yeah, this is boring. Lose, it is very boring. <laughs> but it's good for people to know. I, You know what? And I'm joking when I say it's boring. It is important for people to understand and, and know. Like, realistically for myself, I focus a lot more on the driver aspect of things. Which we're going to go over next. Yeah, we're going over that part next. Execution. That's worth four points in yeah. one category. But now that, you know, I'm coaching those little Ursulas, <laughs> I have to know this stuff. So, that being said, that explains how you get your four points for difficulty in either one standing or running. So, now we will get into the execution side. The execution side. Do you know what execution is, Roman? It's a thing that the kings used to do in France. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so evil. So this one's easy to break down because this is what you see. It's a lot easier to see because it's hard to count numbers and everything else that's going on. It's what makes a judge's job so hard. Standing and running, tumbling drivers. This is worth four points. All right? Mm-hmm. And they specifically say this on the um, grid that you look at. There's four different drivers. You oh. have approach. Yep. Body control, mm -hmm. landings, synchronization. It's tiny. Don't worry. Yeah, synchronization is <laughs> athletes going at the same time. Um, I make myself laugh, guys. That's how I get through the days. <laughs> um, but the easiest way to understand this is approach, body control, landings. The beginning of a skill, the middle or the, the beef of the skill, and then the way that they finish, the landings. Let's break down approach real quick. Let's get it. Approach would be, based on the, what they're listing in their grids, what they're looking for, your arm placement yep. into the skill or the pass that the athlete's doing, your swing or your prep. Which as long as everybody does it the same way. Yep. Doesn't matter what it is. Example would be arm placement if you're in level one. Do all kids put their arms in the same place, hands in the same place, before they go to do a front walkover. Yep. Or a cartwheel. Whether it's a cone, whether it's blades, it doesn't whether, matter. Whatever, as long as it's unified amongst the people that are doing it. Let's get it. Um, next would be the swing or the prep. That's like for more of the power building skills. Um, that would be like your your down up for your round off. Uh, are your arms by your ears? Are they wide in a high V? Are your hands open? Are they closed? And chest placement. Um, chest placement's big for back walkovers. Yep. Because a lot of times, people will put weight in their front foot. Or or people will put weight in their back foot. I'm not going to say one's right or one's wrong, but I am going to say there's probably one that will help longer or down the road with progression, especially in control of the skill. But there's two different arguments that I've heard. I know your side. What is your side? What do you pick? Let's just uh, talk back walk over with chest just, placement. Just back. I want all the weight in a straight line over the back foot. Okay. It prevents legs from, um, you know what? I'm not going to go off on a tangent. but You don't have to. It prevents legs from what? It prevents legs from, if you have the weight in a straight line and you're initiating the skill correctly, it prevents your bottom leg. In your opinion. In my opinion. Yep. It prevents your bottom leg from buckling forward and your hips dropping and, and overarching your lower back, breaking form. All great points. Yeah. I'm sure there's people that think differently, but the cool thing about this is as long as everyone does the same, you yep. get your points. Listen, if you think differently, I'd love to have you on this podcast, and I want to talk about it. <laughs> Next, we have body control. This is a big one. This is what we train a lot in gyms, the way skills look, not mm -hmm. on the way in, not on uh, the landings. This would be where your head's at, where your arms or shoulders are at during the skill, what your hips are doing, um, your leg placement. Are they When you get into the higher levels, are your feet crossed, uh, layouts or tucks? Are you in the same tuck position? Um are your feet together? Simple stuff like that. Um, control from skill to skill. This is where they separate approach. So a lot of coaches 
and sometimes judges, unfortunately. Talk about the entry into the last skill. So let's talk about running, tumbling, round off, handspring, tuck. Okay. Okay. The approach driver is for the entry into the round off. Yeah. It is before a skill starts. For sure. Granted, you're building power for that skill. Mm-hmm. So technically you're starting. But it's the way you look going into the first skill. Right. It is not the look that you go into the tuck. It is not the approach for the tuck. That is not the approach driver. That is the body control driver. And that's how they separate it by their terms because they say control from skill to skill in a pass. Right. Unless it's a standing tuck. Unless it's a standing tuck, you know, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> but I said round off handspring tuck. No, for sure. Um, and then obviously pointed toes. Uh, this one's up for debate because not everybody teaches pointed toes in tucks. I know nope. I don't. Um, I don't either. Just for muscle activation purposes. But um, and then when we get onto landings, this is all they look for. Is it controlled? Is everyone's chest in the same place? Um, is the skill finished or the pass finished? Uh, a lot of times, incomplete twists when you get to higher levels or. Um, like if a layout comes up short, obviously you're gonna see the chest down, stuff like that. Um, and then the last one's incomplete twisting skills. I've seen incomplete tucks. I uh, yeah, I've seen over completed tucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody's going for double backs. And then synchronization, like Roman said earlier, is just the timing factor. So all of the kids, you know, reaching in, reaching out, feet down, hands down are the big things that look at. Um, time that they punch for their ending skills if they're, you know bounding skills that are going to leave the ground um but yeah so those are the different drivers that you can get called off for approach speed or not at speed speed's not on there anymore approach body control landings and synchronization which i'm sad about that i'm not because i think it falls into synchronization yeah but i i miss seeing the pace of skills like seeing a skill going like slowing down the which i understand but i miss seeing skills that are like pop 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 like going hands feet hands feet not hands feet hold hands you you know what i mean i like i like speed well this is a perfect conversation because you're talking about speed of class tumbling for sure and the way that you just explained that would be Skills that, like, the, the the tempo that you just talked about would be, like, back walkovers. Yeah. You can't reward, you can't change speed in... No, you have to As go. a whole industry, you can't change speed in level one. I'm not... Um, um, let me rephrase it. Let me go back here real quick. I want to go back, because there's some gyms that do three-count back walkovers. They're harder. Yes. I prefer You those. should not reward that. No, I just prefer those because you're teaching kids to... If, asterisk, if done correctly, if if people are doing those skills correctly without form breaks, that to me is building a kid for longevity and teaching them to control power. You, I can guarantee you, mm-hmm. you're on a level one team. Ursula, <laughs> coach him. Oh, you thought me. I was like, I can't do a back walkover. I can almost guarantee. And maybe I'll bite my words. Maybe. There is not more than three kids on that team that can do a three count back walkover. That's your team. Yeah, you're right. So you have to stick to four. Time out. What do you mean, my team? This is our team. This is our. But I'm saying that's the team. That's the team that you spend the most time with. No, you are right. But three back, three comeback walkovers are hard. They are difficult. But I do think, especially if you're finishing in a controlled lunge, which you teach in tumbling class. Of course. So now you're. Are you trying to come for me today? Okay. I'm just saying your the way you teach and then the thing that you're talking about here are different. It is different simply because I do take into account the fact that there's choreography and you have to make everybody, like, I'm not. Hey, Dexter. Yeah, Dexter. Dog's here, guys. Hey, buddy. Come here. I'll pet you. Back on topic. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say athletes' names, but athlete A, I know for a fact, cannot do a three-count back walkover. And at the end of the day, we have to make the team look the same. But if I was starting with a team from the very beginning, my expectations and my standards would be a little bit different. So that would be the goal. Like, for example, New York Icons, in the past... That's where Roman used to work, everybody. Yes. Like, their level one team, everybody did their back walk. Like, one When we had the speed driver, there there was writing on the paper that said, excluding level one. 
Yes, but we're prepping kids to learn how to create power, be fast, and transition skills without stopping themselves to a point which eventually can be detrimental. And just so everybody knows, music, as you grow through the levels, uh, can increase in speed. Um, the tempo that people like to follow um, increases. Uh, I, I'm not a music producer. We'd have to talk to our music producer friends to see like what the stats are behind that. But I do know like if a kid tried to do a back walkover to like a world's team's We're gonna music, do it tomorrow. they probably could, but it'd be harder to keep up. It'd be harder to get an entire team to keep up with that pace. 100%. Um, I will say, though. Maybe I'm wrong. May, may, I'm, I probably am wrong. Maybe all music is close to the same. But I don't think so. I, I don't believe so. <laughs> no, there's teams with 43A counts and there's teams with 49. Like, that is not the same speed. Sorry. Um, but I will say I do believe that there's – I actually just went through it in my head. There's definitely more than three kids on Ursula as they could. Granted, nope. on a good day. Nope, don't believe you. Okay. Three gonna... count back walkover. Three. That means if you put your arms up on one, you hold on two, you reach back on three. Yep. When do your hands hit the ground? Reach back on three? Yep. Four? Nope, that's a back handspring. What do you mean? You're falling You're on four. You're confusing me. You're falling on four. I don't fall. Do you go straight from standing to <laughs> your hands on the ground? I don't do back walkovers. You're telling me, real quick, just try to mark it in your head. Arms up on Marking. one. Marking. Arms up on one. My arms are up Hold on Hold on two. I'm not holding. I'm going to Fall three count. Fall back on three. You're falling back on three. Your hands hit the ground on four. Okay. Okay. Now, your foot has to be to the ground by five and six. Yeah. Okay, you could. You think three kids on your team could do that? I think five can. <laughs> <laughs> How many kids are on your team? I don't count. 24? <laughs> but, 26? Listen... Guys, I'm you're old. <laughs> no, I definitely think more than three kids. But, can it's, on the but team. I guess for the sake of this conversation, it is extremely hard to get a large group of people, hundred percent, especially level one kids, right? Unless you're Cali White Gold back in the day. Thank God Reese uh, for having that amazing team. It was one of my favorite teams to ever watch. Senior level one. If you haven't watched it, look back. Who is it? California All Stars White Gold. Why why are you ignoring Powerhouse? Their level one and twos are amazing. That's great. I didn't watch them. <gasps> How dare you. Callie. How many routines did you watch for NCA this weekend? Like four. Oh, okay. Want to know why? Why? Because I was in California. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, now. I'm over okay. here. I don't have that varsity TV subscription. Can't afford that. All right. So, that being said, uh, we've broken down the execution, uh, and we've broken down the... Oh, you were talking Difficulty. about falling. I'm, look, guys, my brain's working slow and like clicking I here. I was talking about falling backwards to get your hands on the ground. Yeah, but you said hold two. I was thinking one go. Well, then that would be four counts because then you'd be by two and six. That's yeah, but four. no, because do you know math. No, I don't do math. I went to summer school two, for math. Three, four, five, six. Seven. Take out the one you start on. My God, are we going up to eight right now? <laughs> I can't do this. Um, Still, I'm. Still, listen, Ursula, I'm confident. We have more than three, five. Okay. I love the Ursulas. Yeah. But I just know that a four-count back walkover is a lot easier, easy, easily obtained by a large group of people. And no, it's the way sure. that we teach, the way that you teach. For sure. That's because that's the way the gym does it. Okay. I have to fit the mold. Gotcha. Um, you know what? Tomorrow I'm breaking out of the mold. Ursula's I will say this. A lot of people. Yep. Where I guess it does fall off a little bit. I know we went off on a rant here about Sorry. speed that's not even a driver anymore. Mm. But there are some people that when you get to level two and you do back walk over back handspring, they choreograph the last foot hitting the ground as your seated count, which is good. That's yep. what we do. Which means if I were to do the back walk over that we just talked about, right? arms would go up on one, hold yep. on two, fall back on three. Yep. Your foot hits on five and six. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you'd be sitting on six, hands on seven. Yep. There are some gyms, and this is totally okay because it controls your kids. Their feet would hit six, sit on seven, hands on eight, because they're controlling the stand and getting into a controlled position to take off. It's who just did that. I'm trying to remember who did. There's that. a lot of people who do it. Cheerforce did it. I think Cheerforce did it. Cheerforce in Canada? No, Cheerforce in uh, California. Yeah, in jams. 
their level one did it. It's not wrong. No, I'm it's just different. Listen, by the way, I hope people don't think that he's marking it. I wish you guys could see it. He literally marked it like a little. Well, robot. no, I have a I have a youth two team, and yeah. our back walkover back handsprings. We realistically we take that extra count when we're jumping for a switch kick or I'm sorry, a backhand spring step out. Right. But we hold that control position. So even with my team, I do one style like that. But if it's just a back walk over back handspring, I don't. Okay. Well, that's cool though. But it's also because I want to control that position more. So both feet are together because we're jumping to a handstand to leave a leg at the top. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a whole nother topic. I'd love to have a conversation <laughs> about that one. Um, No, I get it. I'm still standing by my word. More than three. Okay. Tomorrow I'm going to find out. I actually said five. So we'll, I said we'll, more we'll than three. Five. I said practice tomorrow. five. Yep, you said five. I just said that. Yeah, but I'm saying more than three. That's the number is five. Okay. Okay. I'm going to count. Yeah. Uh, you also ahead. thought their hands would be on the ground by four. So. Well, because I was picturing something completely different right now. Mm, you said it. Yeah, I did. And you know what? I'm going to stand by it. Tomorrow I'm making kids do it. All right. Hands on four. Mm. All right, so uh, to go back to what we were just talking about, standing and tumbling, they're pretty much scored the same way um, when it comes to point values. A uh, total of eight points for each category. Uh, we said there was four points for jumps. We didn't really go into that. But um, break down those eight points. You have difficulty is worth four points. Execution is worth four points. Uh, difficulty is broke down a little bit more. And execution is broke down by, in a, in a way, there's, for some reason, our scoring is all extremely close. But if you were to actually judge all of those and actually factor in the amount of uh, kids that don't land the same way or don't take off the same... A lot of them take off the same way. But a lot of landings are very different, especially when you have different groups of people tumbling. A lot of shapes are different. Like, realistically, if we were to break this down and had the time to, as a judge, technique scores would not be three sevens, three eights, three sixes, three fives. They would be two threes, two fours, Two ones, two O's, because you'd be rewarding for the things that they're doing right, but you'd also have a space button or a mouse to click play, pause, play, pause, and factor in every single landing. And if, you know, yeah. that section's not right, don't give them the 10th, you know? Or two. Well, or you, you'd only want to go, like, a 10th for each one. That, oh, way you're, right. that way you're not breaking down every single one of these drivers for one kid. Right. Okay. Fair. Otherwise, you would have negative points. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we don't want that. We don't want that. But no, I'm serious. I, listen, I am an absolute advocate, and we know this. I got heat for it this weekend because I picked Small Senior X to win. We'll talk Small Senior. They did. I picked Small Senior X to win. Just talk standing tumbling. Just talk standing back handspring fulls. Yeah. Just talk standing fulls. Those skills are in that category. I guarantee. And this is not just picking out small senior acts. This is the majority of our industry. I would say, actually, the max of our industry, the higher number that we talked about earlier. There is not a team that I have seen with my own eyes, and I've watched a lot of teams that take off the same way for standing foals or that have the body control out of a handspring to do a wonderful, yeah, including some of the kids that we coach, mm -hmm. that take off feet together facing the same direction not a chance. Hips up before we twist. Not a chance. Exactly. Standing fulls. There are, alone. I would say, majority of the teams out there take off for wonderfuls in the world's divisions, and the feet are apart, or they're already turning while they're punching, or their arms are in different places, or their heads are in different places. Baloney, I don't believe it. Guys, that's completely Go hit a space bar. I'm, I'm kidding. That's actually true. Yeah. It's probably true. And I, I'm not saying that you don't have some kids. I'm just saying you don't have it as a team. It, that is extremely hard to do. For sure. That's why it's so hard to judge because there's so much happening. But at least I haven't seen it yet. I know there's people that focus on it. Uh, I know it's a lot easier with more talented athletes. I would love to see a team, just one team of, let's say, 20 kids. A team of 20, just all just bust out wonderfuls feet together. Stand up tall. You know who does really well, though? A wonderful is a, should be a laid out skill, by the way. Yeah, it shouldn't be a piked over standing full. So, yeah, I agree. But, but smoke and mirrors, if you do it at the same time as standing fulls. Ooh, you can't yeah. tell. 
sometimes you can't tell if you hide them correctly. I will say, you know who does those skills correctly and really cool? Everybody on the team? Uh, acro teams. <laughs> Oregon. I, Baylor. Nope. Not, well, they're on a hard They're floor, closer. Too. They're closer. They're a yes, lot closer. They are much closer. You know what? Oregon. But their landings and their approaches? Oh, oh, right? Oh, oh. Can you imagine if we incorporated that? Oh, it'd be nuts. I don't think it could happen. But I know I uh, sound like a robot when I read um, You're on all these read? papers and I try to teach it to people. <laughs> but if you are uh, a coach that wants to learn a little bit more, uh, send a message to one of us and we'll break it down for you even more. Um, or let us know if you want to. Just to talk about it. <laughs> Wait a minute. You want, you want people to send a message to me. Guys, let me rephrase what he just said. If you want to learn more, message Jimbo. <laughs> if you want to conversate and get goofy analogies, I got you all day long. Um, no, but we are both here to help. For sure. I just can't read or write or spell. I can attest to the last one, the first one. You're pretty good at writing. If you remember to write. So, yeah. but yep, That's why I use voice to text. Every day. Every I, day. I hear your conversations I love it. while you're texting. I love it's it. It's the most wonderful thing I've ever For heard sure. in my life. Tomorrow I'm going to be like. That's called sarcasm. You don't. Your girlfriend's coming to visit tomorrow, so we yeah. don't have. So you'll hear those conversations in person. <laughs> and now I get to hear the other half. <laughs> there you go. You don't get to hear nothing. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully this helps. If it doesn't, uh, hit me up. I can try to break it down more uh, or hit up your scoring reps for your areas. They break it down. Those are the people that I learned from. Um, and I think that's important. Yeah. Thanks for uh, tuning in and join us this summer for Nash Camp. No, oh, that shameless plug at the end. <laughs> First of all, we were supposed to do it in the middle, but we didn't do it. So now we do it at the very end. Oh, my God. Guys, join us this summer for Nash Camp. Some food trucks, some fun, some exciting learning educational things. And our experiences that we are going to uh, be having outside of the gym. For sure. In Nashville. Are we going to provide something for the coaches to learn? The coaches that come to camp? Yeah. Yeah, we have coaches training every single week. Boom. Spotting clinics, drill clinics, sit-downs with uh, different coaches to hear their opinions on different categories, stunting, tumbling, baskets. My favorite is listening to people talk about baskets. Perfect. I'm going to teach people how to play Call of Duty and Fortnite. I got you. Oh, God. I haven't played Fortnite. There, I would say half of these listeners, if not more than half, have kids that could be you in Fortnite. Probably. I don't know how to play Fortnite. <laughs> I run around collecting apples. All right. So, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys on the next one. All Peace. Right. Wow, that was... Peace. <laughs>